Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. Consider this. Your diamond ring, bridal set, or other diamond jewelry can be a hidden financial asset that helps you with that fresh start. But selling jewelry can be a nightmare. Worthy offers an easy, headache-free solution by partnering with you to help you sell your jewelry and get the best deal on your piece. Our quick and easy process means less work for you and more money when you sell, all done from the comfort of your home. Visit worthy.com to learn more. So this episode, we're talking about preparing for your divorce whether you wanted it or not. Ending your marriage is one of the most difficult life transitions many of us face. And facing that prospect, we go into the classic flight, fight, or freeze mode. None of those are particularly helpful for figuring out how you're going to parent together or what divorce means for your financial future. And this time really is about building the foundation for the next phase of your life. But how on earth are you supposed to do that amid all of this turmoil? Well, my guest today is financial coach Christine Sarno. Christine is passionate about helping her clients build a strategy for their future, and she helps her clients with negotiation strategy. Welcome, Christine. Oh, Mandy, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited for our conversation. I want to start off with saying, when it comes to preparing for divorce, I think it makes a difference as to whether you're the person who's made the decision to end the marriage or whether you're the person whose spouse has made the decision. And if you're the one who's making the decision, you're often, you're doing it way ahead of the other person. I agree. There's a difference in terms of kind of the the level of mental, emotional preparation that you have when you're ready to, quote unquote, pull the trigger, if you will, right? And ask for that divorce when you're the person that's ready to walk. When it's happening to you, you know, this is a really challenging position to be in for a lot of individuals where they've said, I've been surprised. This came out of left field. You know, I was asked for divorce. I mean, generally, in, in all sense of this kind of framework that you want to be in with that preparedness, right? You're not prepared. It's like you've literally been hit with a curveball. And that's a very challenging place to be in because for men and women that are going through that, it's like they're scrambling to figure out what to do next. So what do you tell people when you say you have a client who comes in and says, you know, I, my husband came home last night, told me he wanted to divorce or last week. Right. I don't know what to do. Right. What is your your best advice to a person in that situation? And the husband says, well, you know, and I want us to go to mediation and I've got it, my, you know, I've got a mediator lined up and kind of like starts laying out everything. Right, right. No, I mean, part of it too is is for me, we don't launch into conversations about we need to make sure you know your numbers now and, you know, let's start making phone calls, you know, to, to find a, a good divorce lawyer or whatever it may be. I think it's holding space for that individual because it's understanding that they're in a lot of pain and a lot of overwhelm and a lot of confusion, right? And, you know, from a place of empathy, I personally 
feel it's important to kind of help them navigate this emotional trauma that they're going through first. It's very difficult to think logically about taking actionable next steps when a lot of times these people are like, they're in a state of shock. And trauma, you said trauma. Trauma. Yeah. It's just, they're in a state of shock. And so, you know, what I have found in my own personal experience, as well as, you know, when I was back in the financial advisory space, there sometimes there's not a lot of emotional EQ going on between the expert and the client. And so they kind of immediately bypass the fact that somebody is going through an emotional, psychological, and by the way, physical impact of what just happened, right? And they're starting to talk about, you know, let's get out of your bank accounts, your financial, right? They're talking about balance sheets. Let's look at your bank accounts. Let's look at your investment accounts. And that's, that's, when someone's in that state, that's like a foreign language to them. It's not processing for a lot of people, you know? So I think it's so important to just hold space for that, that individual. And for me, it's like, what can we do, right? That really focuses on self-care, however we can define it in this moment in the context of, of your individual circumstances, you know? And I often think about what can we do to slow this process down? Because that then is giving the person the the time to adjust emotionally. And as you say, then they're going to be in a better place to be able to even work work cooperatively. So it's 100%. So what can we do to slow it down? Well, part of it. I hate it when people come to me and say, well, you know, he's, I'm surprised I've just been served with divorce papers. And because then they're already on the course timeframe and then you have less opportunity to slow things down. It's true. I think part of it is it's the coaching and the guidance to not make decisions from a place of reaction and anger and hurt. Because, you know, from a very pragmatic standpoint, they can be very costly decisions, right, in the moment. Either I just need to get this thing over with that hurts so much, so I will give away the house and, you know, whatever it may be, right? Because I just want to be done. Or, you know, they fall into... Hire a bulldog attorney. Hire a bulldog attorney, right? That's, you know, going to go for the the jugular, if you will, and not realizing in the process that the burn rate through these joint assets can be very quick and very disastrous. So like you said, it's slowing the process down, taking this one step at a time and, you know, kind of helping them to understand that the approach that one can take, right, that allows them to kind of navigate through the divorce in the kindest, most gentlest, most cooperative way is typically the one that has the least negative impact on everyone's overall financial situation. And my hope is that they can kind of go through the process and come out of it not feeling like they've gone nine rounds. You know what I mean? In the ring. So. And conversely, when we're working with somebody who is making the decision, I kind of try and get them to do the same thing. I have to say, well, okay. I mean, we've prepared the financial scenarios and they, they've got a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. And now they're ready to have the conversation with their spouse. I, I like to try and say to them, It'll probably be a short conversation. Do not get into a discussion about what you're proposing. Right. Because they won't be able to take it in. 
And you might get the reaction is, oh my God, you've thought all this through, haven't you? So try and be mindful that your spouse has to play catch up. You've grieved already. Right. You're right. And to your point, it's, you know, for the, for the other individual, it's gentle guidance around helping them to understand the importance now of knowing their numbers, knowing the numbers as it relates to all the bank accounts, investment accounts, you know, assets held together in the marriage. And sometimes this is new, this is new information for them. They may not have been involved in the marriage, uh, in the finances, right? You know, of the marriage. And so it can be overwhelming guiding them in a way that they start to understand what they're looking at in terms of total numbers, right? Guiding them to to get to a better place as it relates to, okay, at the end of this, ideally, what do I want life to look like, right? And then, you know, what is it going to cost, right, for me to live this lifestyle? And sometimes what I'm noticing, you know, as, as they're kind of working on just the emotional shock when we start getting into the numbers conversation, it, it starts to kind of dispel a bit by bit the overwhelm and the anxiety and, and this kind of nebulous, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to be okay type of stress, right? That starts to be positively impacted by starting when you're reviewing numbers with an expert and they're like, all right, you know, I have a better sense of what I should be asking for or what I'd like to see my financial outcome look like from the situation. I know that maybe things are going to change. I might not be living in the family home anymore, but if we do decide to sell the house, you know, both of us, there's a potential for both of us to be made whole. And this allows me to like live a comfortable lifestyle still. So it's, there's, you know, there's that aspect of it too, you know, to, to know your numbers. And I think it's even more important for somebody who's never been involved in that, I guess, in that role. In the marriage, I was going to say, like getting to know the numbers is is it, you're starting to remove some of the uncertainty. Absolutely. Yeah, I also think that you know part of the overwhelm too is like, and perhaps we people who work in the divorce area take this for granted, but there's a whole language attached to this. The is it, it's almost like any topic has its own technical language and abbreviations. So we start to educate people about, well, what is spousal support? What's child support? What, is spousal support the same as alimony? Is it maintenance? And and then what are pre, pre-tax accounts? And start educating them on that language. I think that that then also becomes empowering. They, they feel less, I think the divorce paperwork has a way of making people feel stupid or uninformed. Right. Part of it too is that most people, when they find themselves in this situation, right, if, especially if they're the person that's being served the, the divorce papers, this is the first time. Yeah. This is the very first time, right, they've been introduced to this experience, right, this process. And like you said, all of the legal and financial jargon, right? So absolutely, this can be very, very overwhelming. And, you know, that guidance and support is really important. And I think also, too, you know, from the standpoint of somebody who's either a financial coach, right, or an investment advisor, financial advisor, legal counsel, is that's very difficult, right, to, to gain your client's trust in these areas, which a lot of them will have potentially attached, I guess the best way to put it, emotions like shame. And confusion, 
right? Our embarrassment. Embarrassment. And if we don't create a safe space for them to be transparent and honest with what's going on, right? And how they're feeling and to, you know, to check in with them when we work with them and say, look, you know, has this been helpful? Does this make sense? How else can I best support you to remind them that they're supported and this is a safe space? We're doing them a disservice. Right. We're doing them a disservice. And that kind of speaks to making sure that, like, if I'm talking to somebody about professionals to put on their team, one of the points I emphasize is you have to interview multiple people and find the person that you think you're going to have the best rapport with. And somebody who takes the time to talk to you in a way that helps you understand what's going on and isn't condescending or discounting or brushing you off. 100%. And you know what's interesting that I find that when somebody is going or in the initial stages of a separation or divorce, it's almost as if like they're in such a state of disarray, if you will. And, you know, they're so kind of emotionally impacted by the experience that to be able to interview multiple individuals, right? And to come from a place of confidence, right? Where they're, they know what questions to ask and they know how to discern if somebody is the right person for them. I mean, it's interesting, you know, this, this idea, and this is one of the things that, you know, even outside of clients that might be going through a separation or divorce, you know, I coach my clients on how to find the right financial advisor. I coach my clients on how to find the right legal counsel, but it's, it goes beyond knowing what's the right questions to ask. Yeah. It's very difficult to find somebody that you're going to connect with when you're in a very broken frame of mind. The, the, that frame of mind. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because oftentimes when you're already feeling like you have no control, this is happening, you know, to you, sometimes people attract in experts that continue. Yes. Right. Right. To amplify that same dynamic, except it's in a professional dynamic. And I'm sorry, you know, to even have to say this, but this is out there. And there are, you know, people in, in the professional side of this process that really look more at the opportunity and, and less about helping the person. So and on that note, we're going to take a short break here. Listeners, my guest today is financial advisor, Christine Sarno. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back and do stay tuned for more practical tips on preparing for your divorce. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your ring from a symbol of the past to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything, from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, visit worthy.com. We're ready when you are. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about preparing for your divorce, whether you wanted it or not. My guest today is financial coach, Christine Sarno. Christine is passionate about helping her clients build a strategy for their future and helping her clients with a negotiation strategy for getting through this transition. Christine, you have 
a free download on your website, the three must-haves for financial independence for females. I think I didn't get that title quite right, but I wondered if you would share that with our listeners because it sounds like it would be a great resource. Oh, I love it, Mandy. Thank you for for mentioning that. Absolutely. So it's a really easy to read guide and it's my three fundamental pillars, if you will, for female financial independence. And, you know, you can just go onto my website, www.christinejoyluxarno.com. You can subscribe. It's free to subscribe and you'll get that PDF as a free gift download to you. But it's something that I've curated. And it's a strategic approach that I've taken in my own life to be a financially independent woman. And, you know, what's really important about creating something like this is, you know, I've always, it's always been my philosophy that as women, if you've got the financial means to have options, more options and choices in life, right? Not only are you positioned to live a much more fulfilled and happier life, but you've got more of an ability to create impact for your loved ones, for your community and ladies for this world, for this world, you know, and having the financial means to do so is, is certainly, it's a big part of it. And I want to share how I did this and help other women do it. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. And we will put the link to your website in the show notes so our listeners can go and get your valuable download. Thank you, Mandy. I appreciate that. So going back to our questions, I think before we've talked a little bit about that initial response is the flight or the fight. But what if your response is to freeze? And in some ways, that might be the the grief response of bargaining, like they don't mean it, they're going to change their mind. So you hear from your spouse that you want to, that they want to end the marriage and you don't do anything. Right. You don't tell anybody. You don't get anybody to help you. They don't go to see somebody like you. I mean, look, you know, at the end of the day, I'd like to take a step back. This is kind of like my kind of my tough love, big sister, Chinese tiger mom personality. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, Mandy, we got one shot here. We got one shot. And we want to choose. We have the right to choose right? We may not be able to choose what happens to us, but we wake up every morning with the power to choose how we want to create the future, right? And each and every one of us, it's our innate right to have a happy, happy, beautiful, abundant life, right? But we have to choose that. And if choosing that means we get up that morning and we pick up the phone and we ask for help, right? You have to be your own accountability partner for what you want your life to look like, you know? So if you want happy, right? If you want peace, if you want joy in the future, right? We have to take the actions that we have to treat ourselves with the love, right? That we want to receive. And the very first person to really implement that will be ourselves. So absolutely, luck. you know, our response to what happens, right? Is all kind of based on our conditioning as children, personal experiences and traumas, limiting beliefs, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, right, it's about deciding. At what point are we going to decide that we want better, that we want happy, that we want joyful, right? Do we get back up when we're in the ring and go another round? That's a personal decision, right? 
So at a very high level, like that's really important because I can, whether it's, you know, in terms of investing strategies or money management strategies, like I can educate somebody all day long, but if they don't feel like they deserve to be financially stable and strong, right? If they don't feel like they're worthy of living a life that includes that, I mean, implementation is going to be impacted by that. So I I feel that when somebody's in that place, it is about really leaning on support, right? Really leaning on on your support network. If you don't have one, it's time to start creating one. You, you and you've got to build it. You've got to build it. And and it's not just professional support. It's not just the financial advisors, right? You the counselor, the therapist, right? Trusted got, friends that you can... A hundred percent trusted friends and family members. And you got to say, look, this is what's going on. And I'm in pain and I'm struggling and I need some help. Right. I want to just segue what you said about this is your one shot at getting what um, I forget the exact words you used, but it's like my, one of my questions was, I sometimes find people who are not in a place of asking for what they should be asking for or what they could be asking for. They feel the, it's like maybe they don't feel that they should be asking for spousal support or that maybe they didn't earn a certain division of assets or aren't worthy of that. But how do you, what would you say to somebody in, or, the, or maybe they feel guilty the, about I've I've seen that too. It's like they're the one that made the decision and so they feel guilty about it and they just say, well, I'm okay settling for this. You know, Mandy, that's a great question. You know, we could go on. I have like, we could go on indefinitely on this one because <laughs> this is a big deal for me as, you know, when I work with, with, with women, there's a difference between feeling worthiness and deserving, right? Versus entitlement. Yeah. And I really believe that we've got to start retraining that muscle, right? The worthiness deserving muscle, right? It's not about taking from somebody else, right? But it's more along the lines of saying, hey, you know what? I'm coming into this place, right? This process from a place of wholeness. I'm a good person. I've done my best in this relationship, right? This may not have been an equitable contribution as it relates to, you know, who is making more money, who's, you know, the assets are in whose name, but it's more along the lines of like, how can we part in such a way that we both feel whole? We both feel whole as opposed to, look, you know, the other partner was financial head of household. Therefore, since they brought in the majority of the income and I raised the kids, I guess, you know, I don't deserve anything. When you look at it that way, I mean, it's, it's, it's it, it, we've got to get to a place where we're not discounting ourselves in terms right. of, of who we are, right? And our contribution to the relationship, but, but not from a place of entitlement and anger and I'm going to get what I can get and more coming out of this, you know, feeling like I'm whole because I'm a deserving, loving person and I did contribute. Right. When I'm talking to people, I tend not to talk about what they're entitled to. Instead, I frame it as this is what the law provides. And I think that word entitlement is an emotional trigger and is uncomfortable for the person who would be the recipient. It makes them feel like they don't deserve it. But also then the person who has to 
maybe the the high income earner is also a trigger for them because, well, it's just an entitlement. You didn't earn it. So that's why I like to frame it in terms of this is what the law provides. I don't use the word entitlement. Right. Hopefully I mean, that helps to make people feel more comfortable about those conversations about what they could expect from a division of assets or from spousal support. Sure. And I love that you kind of break it, you know, by by reframing it that way, it's almost like you take the emotional charge out of it, right? Which I think is beautiful. Interesting because, you know, what I I often find is that in spite of kind of what the law may provide, there's still that yes. element of, you know, resentment. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of clients that are out there going, I don't care what the law provides, you know, oh, yes. right? Or <laughs> clients that say, that hear that, but because their spouse walked away and they just feel like less of a person and, and unworthy, it doesn't matter what the law provides. They're, their, they're broken. It's yeah. their fault. And and so, you know, that's, I love that you reframe that. And I love the, you know, just using kind of like that language, but also just helping somebody at a much deeper level, right? To really kind of come to the table, experiencing the process in a way where they did, they don't feel like they're undeserving right. or something's wrong with them. Yes. Super, super important. One final question. And I know you help a lot of women, so I don't know how much work you do with men, but I was kind of curious. I know this is a sweeping generalization, but is there a difference in how women prepare for negotiations than men? Absolutely. We absolutely underestimate what we're worth. This has been my experience. We don't tend to go for those job roles that we don't feel like we have enough experience right? Or credentials for, which blows my mind. Because I mean, if you look at the research, there's, it's completely different with the guys. And we have a tendency to ask for a lot less than what's commensurate with the value and the skills that we can bring to the table. And that is really important to me because that's an area that I specifically work on with women. They really need that help. For a lot of reasons, it's, you know, it's one of the reasons why we continue to deal with a gender gap, gender wage right. gap, you know. Yeah, right. We have a part to play in that. So, you know, and so it's, it's again, it's about taking ownership of our, of our future, our happiness, our joy in the life that we want to create. But we got to we got to get up in that ring. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Christine, we are up on time and I want to thank you so, so much for joining us today and sharing your insights and wisdom. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Mandy, you are wonderful. Thank you so much for having me and, and allowing me to share with your listeners and your community. I'm very honored. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to help you get the best deal possible on your diamond jewelry. Visit worthy.com to learn more and get started. If you have questions about an episode, compliments you'd like to share, or would like to be a guest, please email us at podcast at worthy.com. Follow the podcast at We Are So Worthy on Instagram or see our Facebook page, Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, for information about the show. 
please see our show notes at worthy.com forward slash podcast for resources and more information about today's episode and guest. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. You can learn more about me at mandywalker.com. Huge thank yous to Worthy's production team. Listen, follow, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Our next episode will be live in two weeks, so stay tuned. Stay tuned.